so much for taking this time to join us on this new Marketing Leaders podcast, which we're creating. So thank you so much. No, it's my pleasure. I'm excited. So the thing I'm really interested in why I wanted to talk to you, Claudia, is yes, to talk about what you're doing with Pulsar at the moment, but yeah. I'm really interested in coming out, it looks like coming out of university, straight into Kidzania, working at Kidzania, and then making quite a flip into mm-hmm. Pulsar. Do you want to talk me through that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So I think, I mean, you know, I felt like I talk about this all the time, but when I was leaving university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, my dad was in advertising for 30 years, worked for WPP, and I think... I always sort of looked at him and thought, well, advertising seems kind of fun and interesting. And so I was just going to, you know, reaching out to people I knew and and reached out to someone at Kidzania and said, you know, I, I would love to, do you have any roles in your marketing team? And he kind of said to me, well, like, you know, uh, no, but we have some roles in partnerships, which is kind of like marketing in a way because you're working with, with clients, et cetera. And that's how I got into that sort of more like client management side of things and account management side of things. And then, from that point, I was looking for account manager roles after Kidzania and Pulsar just kind of came came out of the woodwork. And really, it was, yeah, it was kind of fortune um, and, and luck uh, more than anything else. And the power of LinkedIn, I guess, because someone reached out to me on LinkedIn and and then I responded and, and started the interview process. Um, I, I still, to this day, don't think I fully understood what Pulsar did throughout the interview process, um, but but managed to... Yeah, managed to to get through it and found Pulsar really fascinating. Um, and yeah, kind of here we are four years later. Not really sure how that happened. You said that your dad worked for WPP. So everyone knows of WPP if you're in the ad world. Was there a reason why you wanted to get into advertising? I appreciate with Kidzani isn't traditional advertising, but you were looking for a part of the department. Was there yeah. something that instigated you wanting to work in advertising? Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I did I did languages at uni and I've always been very in, interested in linguistics and consumer behaviors and the way that people interact with each other. Um, I think that's what kind of fascinated me, um, you know, about advertising and about marketing is how are people creating the, the messaging? Um, you know, how are they actually catering these me- these messages to their audiences? Um yeah, like what what what's informing that? And I think that's why I ended up at Kidzane, uh, uh, sorry, at Pulsar, because actually it's all about how do we inform those, how, how do brands and, and marketeers inform their campaigns? Um, I think that's what fascinated me the most is is that sort of, as I say, consumer behavior and, and how advertisers can really get their messages um, in front of those those consumers in a way that is meaningful and relevant to them. Interesting. So obviously, WPP, you can look at that as a whole kind of spread. There's every single dynamic yeah. in, inside, above the line advertising, below the line, you, you name it, it's got it. What yeah. Pulsar does is quite niche, let's say. Yeah. So yeah. what is it that keeps you interested in Pulsar? And the reason I ask this question is a lot of people when they're starting out in their career want to work across every single facet. And when yeah. they want to work, one of the reasons why they want to work across every single facet is, yes, to get experience but also they don't really know which part of advertising they want to work in. Mm. You've kind of honed in on a specific area of Pulsar. And I appreciate you mentioned in the interview process, you didn't, didn't <laughs> fully get what it was they were selling. So maybe maybe that was the intrigue going, okay, this seems oh, cool. But in complete honesty, was there something that keeps you or got you engaged with Pulsar and keeps you engaged for such a long time of your career? 
Yeah, so I think I think the main thing for me is the variety of it. And I think this can probably be said for working. And I guess it's it's interesting, right, because Pulsar isn't necessarily an agency, but we kind of operate like one. Um, you know, we used to be a research agency. That's how we started. Um, and I think that can, yeah, can be said across like working in agencies is that you have a lot of variety in your day to day as opposed to where potentially you're working client side and you're only working on one client. Here we work on, you know, when I started, I had 60 clients. I've had up to 100 clients all in one go at one time. And so every day is different. You know, you're working on a different use case. You're working on you're working with a different client. You know, one day I can be talking to Pandora about jewelry and the next day I can be talking to a government agency about their campaign. You know, it's very, very different. Every day is completely different. And so I think that sort of variety, but also, you know, we all know what what happened with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica all that time ago. And th that's the kind of thing that happens in this space whereby every everything's moving. It's so fast paced. No day is sort of like you're like, oh, OK, Twitter is the same as yesterday or all the data, all the different social platforms that people use are the same as yesterday. It's changing all the time. And that creates a sort of it's it's that variety of working with different clients, but also the 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 pace at which this industry moves, I think keeps me constantly engaged. I'm always learning. There's no day where I sort of think, oh, that was the same as yesterday and I haven't learned anything today. It's always, always different. There's something. So when I speak to a lot of clients, um, the, on the honest ones are like, we don't care what our competitors do because we want to stay in our own lane. We want to do what we do really well. We want to stay close to our clients and work out the problem they have and give them a solution. What do you think Pulsar does that stands about above competition? So I think, I mean, we have a few different USPs that we would obviously sort of like, you know, focus on when it comes to sales and, and, and talking to our clients. But I think that really our focus has always been, it's it's always been an audience first approach. And what I mean by that is not just in terms of the platform itself and not just putting the lens on the data of through an audience is what we try and do all the time. So actually looking at the different communities within within conversations, um, helping clients to target different communities in different ways, because, you know, your audience is not all the same. It's it's different. Um, but I also think that 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 feeds through into how we service clients generally, like we really pride ourselves on our on our customer service um we want to work with our clients in a consultative way being you know starting as a research agency we want to make sure that actually we are a value a valued partner to our clients not just a software provider that goes here you go here's a piece of software good luck have fun that's not our ethos at all we like to be really involved in their day-to-day -day, help them to you know get some get really good insights from from the data they're looking at on pulsar um so i think that coupled with as i say that audience first approach when it comes to functionality in the platform is the way that we like to sort of distinguish ourselves as a as a provider that's quite interesting so you're telling me that every single client in a way has a tailored package yeah i mean so obviously we uh, all of our like different packages range hugely um and you can have a mix of is sort of like research reporting but then also a software subscription so we kind of can do the both both together or just software or just research we work in in very dynamic ways in that sense 
but yeah, we like to cater the the subscription and the package to each client. Now, if they're just software clients, then they'll have a certain amount of software per year and they everyone gets a team of two. So you get an account manager and you get a customer success manager and they will work with you to ensure you're getting value from the platform. Now, we do have clients that go, we're fine, leave us alone, we'll speak to you when we need you, um, which is obviously completely fine. Um, but as I say, most of the time we're regularly checking in with our clients and making sure that the way that they're working with the platform is suiting them um, and, and they're getting the relevant data and insights that they need um, on a day-to-day -day basis. It's awesome, isn't it? Because I was speaking to someone the other day and they were asking me, it's like, what do you want in business? And their, their point was, they just want to make money. They want to like get over and like, live in the Caribbean. And I just said to them, honestly, I was like, that's great. But if I'm completely honest, I want a business where all of my tech stack is simplified. Because yeah. at the moment, I've got such a wide, broad range of tech stacks that are fit for one purpose, but none of them communicate together. And they make mm -hmm. my business quite complicated. So it's all yeah. about simplifying. I'd love to have a one-stop shop or probably enough revenue coming through to be able to have that one or two tech stacks that communicate with each other that have been bespokely made for me. But obviously, yeah. that's the goal longer down the line. And I think that's the real interesting part from tech platforms such as yourself you can yeah. try and go to the client and say here's the solution you need but it's like yeah. age-old sales isn't it you need to understand the client's problems so that's really really interesting about pulsar so yeah next point so obviously when we were speaking uh last week you were mentioning about you guys opening up in the states yeah. so that's a really interesting opening was there i'm sure there's a number of reasons why you're doing it but yeah. how's that going yeah, so I mean, we have had some clients in the States for a while, um, but we haven't had um we haven't had really necessarily people on the ground. We haven't had a solid team, we haven't had a solid strategy behind that, in all honesty. Um, and we, you know, we're quite a small company still. We're still the challenger in the market. Um, we're still trying to, yeah, create brand awareness. In the UK, we're pretty our brand awareness is pretty good now um, and kind of people know about us and know what we do. Um, but yeah, in the US, we've always struggled to really solidify our presence. And I think the main reason for that is what we're seeing with the US is that it really is all about brand awareness. Like you'll get someone at an agency who has used one of our competitors in the past and they move to another agency and if we're the incumbent, if we're the, the supplier for that new age, the, the agency that that person's now gone to work for, they'll just get rid of us because they've worked with a previous provider and they're the senior person in that situation. And they go, well, no, I've never heard of them. Don't want to work with them. I'm going to work with my previous supplier. So it's quite hard to to really penetrate it in the way that we want to without a firm strategy and without a firm brand awareness. And so that's what we're focusing on for the year ahead is how do we actually create advocacy? How do we create a really good, um, solid sort of, yeah, group of people that advocate for, for us as a supplier? Because as I say, it's so dependent we're seeing in the US on people knowing about you and people believing in you. Um, and so we just really need to, yeah, get the message out there. Um, and I think also, you know, with the US, it's quite a, um, obviously, it's a very sort of um, advanced market in terms of this kind of thing. And so their knowledge and their understanding of, of how these tools work and what to do with these tools is a lot more complex than in the UK. So it's a little bit more of a challenge to get to that level where we're doing complicated um 
you know, complex setups and actually answering more complex questions that that market has because they are more advanced and they are more um, more sort of educated when it comes to social listening and audience intelligence. So, yeah, it's a, it's a couple of it's kind of a mix of those two, but it's definitely a focus of ours over the next year. We've got now a fully fully up and running team and um, and we're really excited to to yeah get more familiar with that market and, and create a bit more brand awareness. Because you've already got a business that's already in flight and obviously you've got your operations here in the UK and you're saying yeah. it's a lot more advanced in the US. Has mm. that had a detriment effect or has that damaged the business in any way that what you've seen? In terms of? Operations, logistics, because at the end of the day, because it's you, what you're mentioning is everything being a lot more advanced, you're going to have to up-tune the package yeah. or the software in a specific way. Now, I appreciate from the beginning of this conversation where we're talking around clients and being able to retrofit the solutions that you have yeah but then if you're obviously taking it to a new market where you need to do everything else all the incumbent parts brand awareness logistics implementing yeah. a new team upskilling all of that team as well but also yeah. upskilling the platform as well Has, yeah. i'm sure it's been a challenge but is there anything you've been able to see you're obviously at a great place now but there would have been some challenges and learnings throughout mm -hmm. that that you would kind of look at retrospective and go we could have done that better or that was a real good learning or outtake. Yeah. So I think a couple of things, well, lots of things really. Um, I think the, <clears throat> the beauty of our business is that we are very agile. We're very flexible. We're very open to making mistakes and learning from them. Um, and I was actually, I mean, even just yesterday was on a call with our, with our U S team saying, look guys, you've all worked at other companies. Um, you know, I've worked here for, for four years tell me what we could do better because we're we're so keen to make sure we're we're learning from the people on the ground in the in the US and saying right you guys have worked at other companies in your market you understand the market better than we do it's it's a knowledge sharing it's not just you know we teach you about pulsar and we go you go do this now go and service the clients it's actually okay well what do you know about this market? What can help us to understand how we can shift and change the way that we service clients based on your knowledge and, and your understanding of, of how to service clients in the US? Um, and so we're very open and, and, and flexible when it comes to that kind of thing. I think what's what I've always loved about working here is that there's no one within the business that could say something and everyone would go, that's a stupid idea or, you know, you're too junior to come up with something like that. It's, it's a, it's a very sort of non-hierarchical um, company where everyone has a voice and everyone can say, actually, we think we should do this differently or this didn't work. And we go, great, come up with an, a, 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 you know, a proposition, an idea of how, how we can fix it. And we're more than willing to, to change it and try something else. And so I think that's going to be key for the next year for us is like, okay, we haven't got this right up until this point. So we need to rely on the people that have information that know that are on the ground. And it's a constant feedback loop for us is actually, um, you know, yeah, understanding what we can do better. And I think what we were doing as well was hiring, um, you know, management in the US um, off the bat. And actually what we've now pivoted towards is having the management in the UK and then having the account managers on the ground looking after the clients in the US itself. So we're kind of we're 
teaching from the UK and and kind of um, creating, well, using the management that we already have in the UK to expand into the US, but having the people on the ground in the US to be able to do the do the day to day job. And and as I say, create that feedback loop where we say, right, OK, that's not working. Let's try something else. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of what we're what we're trying now. It's um, it's been it's been hard for the for the past couple of years, but I think we're in a much better place now and and have the right ideas around how to scale it um, in the coming year. The really interesting leadership traits <clears throat> surround yourself with intelligent people and then give them the opportunity to do what they do well. So Absolutely. there's the whole piece. There's and I've I've never seen it too many, but you hear a lot of leaderships kind of be the chest. I've seen micromanagement and it doesn't work very well, but there's yeah. a kind of an inability in the leaders or kind of self-confidence on their perspective to say, no, it has to be done this way because they don't want to release the control. So the, yeah. obviously the fact that you're allowing that to happen is probably a great learning to take out of that. Give people the opportunity. Yes, they've got to be good at what they do. Obviously, you're bringing in expertise. You've learned the way with management. Really interesting. Okay, cool. So yeah. you've mentioned it's been a couple of years getting that all set up. What's the yeah. next 12, 24, 36 months looking like? I'm sure you've got some hard targets on your not on your back but I'm sure you got some hard targets on you what's it what's it looking like yeah so I mean of course um keeping keeping the UK market stable um and also uh, you know continuing to grow grow in the UK um so again we've sort of over the last couple of years have been growing the team um enabling um account managers on the ground and also promoting people and creating a bit more structure in the UK in terms of the team to to enable us to service clients from you know the top end to the lower end um i think thinking about what we do with the the clients that spend um that don't spend very much and are quite self-serve you know creating a bit more of a yeah, a bit more of a self-serve aspect to that, because obviously what can happen is you spend, you end up spending the most time on the clients that spend less um, and the ones that are neediest, um, but aren't necessarily going to grow your business. Um, but we still see how how important those clients are for advocacy. And we want to make sure that, you know, as a, as a software provider, we are still self-serve. So it's thinking about that. We've got a big, um, we've got a big, um, basically kind of rebrand coming up as well as from a marketing perspective, as well as, um, uh, you know, a complete user experience overhaul um, on our main platform. Um, so that's launching in the new year. So that will enable us to be um, on the software side of things a little bit more um, self-serve and a little bit less um, sort of handholdy because, uh, because it will be a lot more intuitive. Um, so that's uh, a big plan for the new year. Um, think other than that it's about solidifying our position as um as a sort of audience first and audience um led um social listening tool um you know we we started kind of you know focus on more of the audience intelligence and i think we we're speaking about this last week in our chat it's it's about the intersection between marketing um and then pr and comms we're part of a bigger group who um service the pr and comms industry and it's actually about identifying for us where's that intersection and the way we see it is that intersection is the audience is the audience focus and actually saying okay well we've got all of these journalists we've got um you know all these pr professionals um we need to make sure that we're catering to both both audiences so giving our marketeers and our comms professionals an insight into 
what journalists are saying, what, what they're interested in, what they're going to write about. So creating something that's a little bit more integrated in that sense so that we can cater to both audiences um, and enable yeah, both marketeers and then PR and comms professionals to use the platform and get and get value from it. Um, so, you know, that comes in many forms, of course, like an expansion of, of data sources. So looking at more like traditional media, um, encompassing that into the platform, which we've already started to do. Um, and then, well, actually, yeah, we've been integrated podcasts, TV, radio, that kind of thing into the platform as well. So we give that um, give that audience that side of things. Um, and then also building up things like a database of journalists where um, clients can come into the platform and search and look through the journalists that might be most relevant to campaigns alongside they can also then use the platform to look for social media influencers so it's really about that intersection and working out what is going to fit um for for both those audiences and for a basically a, a sort of fully fully formed campaign as it were instead of just looking at marketing professionals because i think more and more we're seeing those groups um merge intersect you know we talked about last week with agencies Every agency now seems to be an integrated agency. Um, there's not necessarily as many sort of straight down the line creative agencies or straight down the line media agencies. Everything's becoming a little bit more integrated. So we're trying to cater to that audience a bit more. Um, so yeah, lot lots going on. Um, as I say, it's a very you know so fast paced and it's constantly moving. But that's that's kind of what I love about Pulsar is that there's no. Yeah, we're never standing still, um, always trying to improve the platform, improve our teams and, and move in the right direction, really. It shows longevity as well, and it's going to show interest for you and also other talent that comes into the agency because the blueprint yeah. isn't written. It's still in progress. It's constantly evolving. It's a business that's willing to change with the changing or ever-changing landscape. So that's mm. just going to cause interest and intrigue longer term, not only just now, but you're obviously going to be further invested. And that's why talent's going to come in and work with you on a more uh, longer term scale. I speak to a lot of uh, candidates where they they feel they've got to a very saturated point within their business. They've learned everything that it can offer. And there's not much yeah. else that business can offer because it's very traditional in its way. Yes, you can yeah. bring on a new client, but a new client's not going to offer too much. But the fact is you're offering, you're also growing Globally, I'm sure yeah. New New York is the first of many offices. When mm -hmm. we were chatting last week, it sounds like this is going to be the first one and then it's going to roll out into other areas. There's going to be huge opportunity for anyone who comes in. Okay. Yeah, cool. definitely. It's quite funny. Um, a girl on my team's gone on maternity leave um very recently. And uh when she was leaving, she was like, I guess when I come back, I'll just have to relearn everything because everything's <laughs> gonna be so different. I was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll have to put you through training again because it would have changed so much. But I think that's a great thing as well. Let, let's not home in too much on the maternity thing. But a lot of people, who, we did another podcast with um, Alice Robson and one mm. of her points is she's working for a company and they're looking after her during the maternity. But mm. there is people I speak with who aren't looked after. And one of their big concerns is they want to just go off for maternity and then like they're, 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 they're building up to that and like, oh, okay. Then it gets to the end of their maternity and they're like, okay, shit. Do I have a job to go back to? Is there going to be a position? But it sounds to me like Pulsar is going to have the, that might not be your position, but we'll definitely have something else for you to work on and we can adapt. So that's okay. a huge thing to kind of shout home at the moment. And that's something to really publicize, especially yeah. within the landscape at the moment, because people are, um, well, people are still having kids. It's never going to stop and there's more and more. But it's definitely a worry of people not getting their job back or having that job back. But the fact is you can definitely come back and work with another job because we're an ever-expanding company. 
So yeah. that's going to be, that's another sell, isn't it? This is definitely a company I want to come and work for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important, as you say, to make sure that people feel like, you know, uh, you know, in lots of ways, you're not, you go off for a year and you're not coming back to the job that you were doing before in a way, because even though, yes, you want to be doing some elements of it, the business has grown so much and it will grow so much in the space of a year. And actually, I think that's what's exciting. And that's what makes people want to work here is that it's not it's not going to be the same in a year's time. And I am always excited and why I've been here for so long. I'm always excited about what's to come and what the business is going to look like in a year's time, six months time, because it just moves so quickly. She actually came back for a company meeting the other day and she was like, when did this happen? I've only been gone for a month. I was like, well, sorry. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So, um, okay, cool. Well, um, what I'd like to wrap up with is a really important question. So obviously you're, Experience in your career is definitely not at the peak of your career. You're nowhere near to it. You've got a long time to get going. If you could go back, though, and speak to Claudia finishing university or maybe even before university of what you want to do or just a bit of advice, that like arm around the shoulder, what would that be? I think I think it would be relax. <laughs> I think <laughs> I put like I put a lot of pressure on myself to uh do well all the time and I think I can be quite hard on myself but I also think that that can be said for lots of people and I think especially in account management what you end up doing is being quite being quite protective and quite sort of like you know sometimes quite defensive about looking after your clients and no one can touch it and actually what's so important in account management is what I've grown sort of learned over the years is you need everyone else like account management is essentially project management they're kind of the same thing you know you have not just the external relationship to look after but you have all of the internal relationships as well around you within your business and you need all these people you need them to 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 give you ideas you need them to inspire you every day to do the best for that client and I think yeah I mean one of my first managers said to me um you know try not to be so defensive. And I actually, even though at the time I was probably livid, um, it was the best advice I've I've got. Um, because actually the minute you you sort of open it up and, and stop being so protective over that relationship and let other people get involved and you just you just create a much more solid relationship and much more advocacy with that client and you create yeah great internal relationships and as I say that's what account management is all about I think so yeah I think just if I was to go back now I'd just remind myself to relax enjoy learn just absorb it all and uh, and not be so sort of protective and defensive about my clients and my role because actually it's really really important to have um, everyone else feeding in and and you know getting involved as well so yeah probably be that Nice. Quite a lot of people that I ask that question give a similar answer um, <laughs> of giving that sentiment of don't put so much panic on yourself yeah. and so much pressure. But it's also an interesting sentiment of it's good to look back at it retrospectively, but you never know <clears throat> has that attitude got you to where you are now. You never know. And that would always be yeah. an interesting part. But I think that is a really interesting point of just take it easy, calm down and just take that journey. But I think that's where good leaders can be around. And because you've been through that journey, you can do it for your team under you as well yeah I mean it's probably the thing I say to my team every day is just like don't worry about it everything's gonna be okay just relax 
we can do it. Just take take two seconds um, and just, yeah, go for a walk. That's what another great piece of advice I've ever had is when you feel stressed or when you feel like things are getting on top of you or when you feel frustrated in your day to day, go for a five minute walk, come back and you will have a completely new perspective. Um, definitely helps. <laughs> awesome. Well, look, thanks ever so much for taking the time with us today, Claudia. Much appreciated. No, not at all. It was great to chat. So a little thank you from me for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If it has been of interest to you, hit the like and subscribe button and I'll look forward to seeing you on the next one. Music.